I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome one and all to episode 269 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and we are here for a very exciting episode with my patrons. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. So, uh, yeah. So today's episode 269 will feature a bunch of my patrons and we will be discussing our concert going experiences. Now, Here's the thing. This is what makes me um, very exciting to interact with my patrons. They're obviously they they love music. We've got a troll free group going where I post a bunch of videos a day. They comment on them, whether they're good, bad or indifferent. And we take some of those tracks, throw them on into a playlist that we have up on Spotify and on Apple Music. And then we have these types of discussions. So one of the patrons, uh, Jeremy Weltman, and then actually Steve Hoker later on, uh, they both kind of suggested the same thing. And they said, hey, let's do an episode talking about, we've talked about live albums, which we did a few episodes ago. They said, why don't we talk about live concert experiences? So, That's what this episode is about. We're going to talk about our first show. We are going to talk about the best show that we've seen. We're going to talk about the worst show that we've seen. And then we're also going to talk about what bands didn't we get to see that we wish we would have seen and what band that's still around that we haven't seen that we'd like to see. So It's a really cool conversation with a bunch of different people that I love hanging out with on a daily basis. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, and I hope that that comes across with the episode. I do think that there's a lot of great chemistry between myself and those in this group. So I think it's a, it's a fun listen. It's a long listen, but I think it's fun nonetheless. So, Um, I do want to thank the patrons for their support. And I do want to thank you who's currently listening to this. Yeah, you who's got this on their headphones, in their car, on their stereo at home. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I hope that you enjoy it. Um, Anyone who listens to this and shares it, it means a lot to me. It helps. With the episode, it is frustrating when you do what I think is a dynamite interview and dynamite. We've got this dynamite artist coming up today. Uh, No, but where you do a really cool interview and crickets from the person that you interviewed or you get the good old thumbs up from them, but you don't receive anything else. And then you see that they get interviewed by a larger platform or someone else and Hey, check out this cool interview that I did with so-and-so. It's like, really? Did my interview suck? Why are they pointing out this interview, but my interview from a week ago, was it not as good? Seemed like it was as good. Seemed like they enjoyed their time. 
It's just one of those things where it's like, the fuck, am I chopped liver here? Come on. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. But, uh, you know, it kind of is what it is. And, um, yeah. So, um, so, you know, my patrons don't let me down on that side of things because all of them, at least the diehards that are usually always checking out the various shows that I do from the signals from Mars live stream, the pre-show on Friday nights, or they check out trivia Tuesday. They seem to be good about sharing all this stuff and liking all this stuff. And I'm not knocking other people uh, because they don't have time to do it or don't want to do it. Maybe they listen to this show and say, you know what? You suck. That's fine. That's your opinion. That's cool. But if you like it, share the episode. Let your friends know about us. Help spread the love. Here's Jeremy Weltman with Patreon's Pit. Hello, Patrons Pick is back. Yes, we've been missing for a couple of weeks. The podcast hasn't been available. Uh, Victor hasn't been able to produce it for the last couple of weeks uh, for one thing or another. Um, but we're back and there's been a lot of great music that's been released. A few of those I've actually mentioned uh, last week on his Fireside show, which is his pre-show before he does Signals from Mars. Um, we talked a little bit about a few albums that came out, one by the British band Stonebroken, which was pretty solid stuff. Um, one that we both liked, uh, in fact, a lot of patrons liked, uh, by Skullfist. Uh, and I also mentioned the new Graham Bonnet album, uh, which I'm really looking forward to, and I've heard all of it. It's not out yet. It's due out uh, next month. And um, there was a lot of good songs on that, which I, I thought you know uh, was a nice varied album. One of the albums that I didn't mention uh, was Udo Dirkschneider's new album um, called My Way, which is a covers album. Um, and this one actually was better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, there are 17 songs on it, just over an hour. There's a lot of different songs there. Uh, some of them are more well-known than others, although there's, most of them are pretty well-known. He does some really good versions of a few of them. Uh, just to pick one at random... Man on the Silver Mountain, the rainbow song, which obviously you're used to Ronnie Dio singing, he really turns that into his own sort of thing. And, and it sounds, you know, really sounds as if um, it was actually an, an Udo song. Um, so really liked some of those on there. Some of them I didn't, um, but that's what you get with a covers album. Uh, so it wasn't going to be Patron's Pick for this week. Um, but before I pick Patron's Pick, I just wanted to mention that um, Victor's been posting up um, as he as he always does every week, a lot of new music, and he does that in his Patreon group. And for as little as two dollars, you can join me and um, many other patrons who are there constantly looking at this stuff that he puts up, along with lots of other stuff that he does, uh, including his um, his quiz on a Tuesday. He does, as, as I mentioned, the fireside chat. He puts up um, his album of the week. And he asks lots of questions and sometimes does a little poll or two. So there's lots of stuff happening and, and we really uh, get interested in what's going on. But there, there have been some really good stuff that he's put up. There's uh, a new new single by uh, a super group called Iconic um, called Nowhere to Run. Um, he's put up stuff by Hypermass, uh, by Samuel. Uh, he's put up stuff by Lucifer. That was a really good song uh, called Orion. Um, he's put up stuff by Horizon Ignited, 
And the list goes on and on and on. Some of them we don't like. Many of them we do like. We all comment on it. We all listen to them and we all open our minds up to the, to the great new music that's out there. I could have really chosen a, a new band this week as well, um, but I didn't. What I've done is uh, I'm going to choose an album which actually hasn't been released just yet as I'm recording this, but it is due out when you hear this. It's coming out on Friday morning, and it's the new album by Thunder. Now, Thunder are a great band in, in my estimation. They're a great British band. In fact, I would say they're probably the best British band that are doing the rounds at the moment, and certainly in terms of releasing new music. I think they're releasing better new music than Saxon, better new music than Iron Maiden, and they keep to a, a bit of a formula, but they are very, very solid band. And I've heard three songs, as all the other patrons have, on this um, new album of theirs. It's called Dopamine, the album, and they said that they're going to release, I think, 16 tracks on this album, double album. They've released three so far called Across the Nation, Dancing in the Sunshine and The Western Sky. All three are really good. I particularly like Across the Nation, um, which I think is a song about sort of opening up um, after COVID. They've obviously written a lot of this during the COVID times. Uh, the previous album was only a year ago, but that one was written a little bit before and it was more political. It was all about Brexit and Trump. This one will be a little bit more about what stuff we've been getting up to uh, during the pandemic and after the pandemic. So this week's patrons pick is an album that is out today. If you're listening to this on Friday and it is the new Thunder album, Dopamine. Look at that. Smart minds think alike. The album that I chose for, to highlight this week is Dopamine, as Jeremy said. Patron's pick is always great. And he did that off of the three songs that I posted. I listened to the entire album today, although their PR person was sending me stuff about promoting the album. Uh, they didn't send me the album. But uh, anyway... Yeah, so it's a really cool album, which is why I wrote about it. No two songs sound alike. I mean, it's obviously Thunder when you listen to it. But uh, a band that should have been bigger than, than what it currently is. In the UK, they're big. They're real big. But outside of the UK, especially North America, they're not. It's a shame. They should have been. But uh, yeah, definitely something to check out. If you've never heard the band before... Definitely an album to check out. Uh, if you're a longtime fan, it's an album you know you're going to check out. So if you only know them from Backstreet Symphony, they've come a very long way. So check the album out. Again, I've been reading about people posting that there's no good new music out there. Well, they've been around for 35 years, but they're still putting out good music. I have no problem with bands that have been around for a long time putting out Good music. There's nothing wrong with that. I have an issue with it, people. Eh, no good new music anymore. You're just a lazy listener. You're not a fan. You're just a listener. I'm sorry. If you're bitching about nothing good or if you're bitching about trends that happened 30 years ago, you're not a music fan. You are a casual listener, which happens to like hard rock and metal. All right? Sorry. That's just how it is. Face the facts. Anyway, want to give a shout out to my patrons here, some of which you will hear 
in a few minutes talking about concert going experiences. But uh, let's see. Let's go uh, newest to oldest here. We have uh, my brother Art. We have Anthony Mackey in Ireland. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. We have Steven Saylor. We have the metal chef, the metal politician, Johan Erdström. We have Metal Dan. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have Chris Vaglio. We have the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have Dr. Poison, who will be joining me tonight. Mr. Brad Dahl. You know he's going to be sharing some wholesome stories. We have our Mike Jones, who last week revealed that he would have no problem being John Bush's Mike Jones as well. So there you go. He can be everybody's Mike Jones. And you have Mr. J Mr. Patron's pick, Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard from and we'll be hearing from again. We have Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokinator. To wrap things up here, he's on the show as well. So we actually have the show consists of uh, Steve, Jeremy, Mike Jones, Brad. Um, who else is on here? And Metal Dan, actually, and Anthony Mackey. And actually, Johan. My bad. So we have a good assortment of people talking about some pretty cool stories, which I hope that you guys enjoy. Um, you know, I always say this. And I don't take anyone for granted, especially now. There's a million and one podcasts out there and pff, you choose to listen to my shit. Thank you. You know, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm an independent podcaster, have been for going on 13 years now. And I thank you, whether you just started listening, whether you've been here from the start whether you got to check out any of these shows live or are listening to the replay, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. And I hope that if you do give Patreon a shot and enjoy it, you can be featured on one of the upcoming patron specials. So we'll be talking about a group at some point next month. But tonight, for this episode, we will be talking about live concert going experiences so here we go all right folks welcome one and all to the friday April 22nd edition of the Signals from Mars live stream. I welcome to the show a bunch of patrons. We have Johan in Sweden. We have Brad in Utah. We have Mike Jones in New Jersey. We have Metal Dan in California. Steve Holker in Roxbury, New Jersey. We have uh, Anthony in Ireland. We have Jeremy in... I always say Manchester, but it's Cheshire, isn't it? Mm, that's right. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I'm starting to pronounce it correctly as well. I, I don't want to get more hate mail from the UK saying that I don't pronounce the names of the towns correctly. So uh, anyway, we are all here today to talk about concerts, live shows, just the uh, different experiences that we've had over the years 
Um, I've sent these guys a bunch of different questions. There are people that, um, that weren't able to make it tonight who have also submitted their answers. So I'll be reading that as the, um, the show goes on as well. Um, so to kick things off, we're going to talk about everyone's first show. Um, let's, uh, let's see, since we have Johan at the top and he's, um, He's past midnight like myself here. Uh, Johan, what was your first show that you ever saw? Uh, thank you, Victor. My first show was uh, the Swedish band Treat. I don't know if any of you guys remember them. Uh, they are still around. Uh, it was December 1985 in our old uh, ice hall uh, in my hometown. Uh, they have just released their album Scratch and Bite. Uh, I guess there were around 1,000 people, and that was the first time that I was allowed to go out late. Uh, I remember I had, you know, gloves with studs on, uh, and they played a really good show. I was in front of the stage, and I can honestly say that that night obviously changed my life, but because I'm still going to shows without the studs. Uh, and uh yeah that uh yeah that was my first concert a real good one yeah treat in Jungby. treat has a uh, key marcello in the band correct who ended up uh in europe later on or am i no. mixing that up yeah you're thinking about the band easy action easy action there you go all right i'm, yeah. I'm mixing up my uh my early uh hard rock metal bands from from Sweden there. So, um, all right. Awesome. Um, Brad Dahl, who I'm sure is about to pull out some obscure reference about his first show being, you know, something like, yeah, I saw black Sabbath at a restaurant. Uh, but I don't want to spoil the story, Brad. What was your first show? Yeah. Black Sabbath at a Burger King. <laughs> No, um, actually, I've talked. I've already talked about this with with you, but um, I'll try to okay. put a different spin on it. Maybe the shirt will give it away. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I was fifteen. In fact, I got the date here. I, I actually looked this up because I thought, well, when was this? So December nineteenth, nineteen seventy five. My brother, CEO Dave, who uh, as a, as a child. Um, him and I didn't always see eye to eye, mostly because he was beating the crap out of me most of the time. Um, but I love him to death. He's the best brother in the world. And, you know, I can't say enough good about him. So uh, anyway, out of the kindness of his heart, he agreed to take me to see Blue Oyster Cult, who at the time was probably my favorite band. And so it was Blue Oyster Cult, Kansas, and Ted Nugent. It was Ted Nugent's first foray as a solo act. Um, you know, he just released that first solo album with all the great songs on a stranglehold and all that. And it's interesting because I read a review of this concert where the, the reviewer talked about Ted Nugent blowing the other bands away and that they were afraid to come on after he, he left. And I saw something about them actually cutting the lights when he was playing the, his last song because he was playing too long. And I don't remember that happening. I don't remember. I, I remember, you know, because it's the first time I've ever been in an arena. This is at the Long Beach Sports Arena, uh, which is, you know, 12,000 people or so. And 
I, I just, I remember walking in there and just overwhelmed by the, the sound of the PA cranking out music. And I just knew, I mean, uh, it spoke to my heart. It's like, I love this and I love this so much. And we had pretty decent seats on the floor. I think we we're like 18th row or something like that. And you know, I, I remember sitting there in our, our seat and looking up and you couldn't see the top of the arena because it was so filled with smoke. Uh, back then, 1975, you could smoke cigarettes everywhere. Um, there, there was probably smoke and a lot of other things in there as well. <laughs> I also remember that there were like people were throwing frisbees like crazy. So you had to have your head on a swivel. Otherwise, it was fun just to watch people get clocked in the head with a frisbee because they weren't paying attention. And, <laughs> and also, it's the first time I've ever, this is probably the beginning of my toxicology um, experiences that I saw a guy who'd overdosed on something and was laying in a pool of vomit after the wow. show. Yeah. And I, I love the, I, I thought the fact everybody's walking by this guy, nobody's like, Hey, are you all right or anything? And I thought, Oh, well, that's what you're supposed to do. Somebody passes out. You just leave them there. And, uh, but I, part of me was thinking, dude, you missed like the most incredible experience ever musical experience. Um, you know, I didn't know much about Kansas. I didn't know anything about Ted Nugent. Uh, I would, it was, it was great. But when Blue Oyster Cult hit the stage, um, it, it just, it just lit up my life. Uh, again, I, I was just hook, line, and sinker. I was all in on this. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted more, and I wanted a lot more. Um, yeah, it was a fantastic show. So thank you, CEO Dave, for taken me to that because as a 15 year old person um yeah there's no way i could have got there by myself and <laughs> i think my parents would have let me go if i had you know had somebody to take me but i mean they you know they didn't know they didn't care no they didn't because ceo dave being such a a, a hooligan he kind of paved the way for them ignoring me so i got i got to do a lot of things that <laughs> it's just like well he's not causing trouble like like the CEO. So we'll just let him do whatever he wants. Thanks, CEO. All right. There you go. So my story is going to come up last, but it also has medical implications as well. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yours, yours is pretty outrageous, but uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I think you'll like mine as well. We'll see. Awesome. Uh, Mike Jones, our Mike Jones, not to be confused with the one that, uh, John Bush and the rest of Armored Saint know up in Boston. Uh, Mike, what was your first concert going experience? Although if John Bush doesn't want to be my friend, I'm open to it. So we go with that. Uh, for me also age 15, um, my older brother, Dave, funny enough, um, Landed us tickets to uh, Motley Crue opening for Ozzy Osbourne on the Bark at the Moon tour. Oh, wow. Uh, that was my first show, uh, March of 84, Vindicals Arena in Denver. Um, incredible experience. And yeah, it, uh, definitely sparked a fire for me to want to go see more. I mean, I can still picture that moment sitting there, house lights go down, goes quiet. And in the beginning, starts playing from, you know, Shout at the Devil. And the whole place is just vibrating. It was in absolutely insane. Um, you know, Jake Ely playing guitar for Ozzy. That show was just absolutely on fire. It was 
just an absolutely incredible, you know, probably the perfect first concert experience for me that just, you know, you knew every word, every song, every person in there is just absolutely your best friend. And it totally blew me away. So, so you were, so you've been helping uh, Vince fill out vocals uh, since, uh, <laughs> since the early eighties, you were helping uh, bridge those gaps where he's gasping for air, even back. Oh, then. Yeah. Anytime Vince held out the mic, I was there to fill in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I mean, that's one of those magical tours that we've all heard about. I mean, obviously written about in the dirt, um, kind of played out in the movie as well. And um, I mean, I know that a lot of people look back and, and kind of poo poo those Jake years because of what Ozzy was doing and whatnot. And I mean, it's, Hard to recover after Randy, but I mean, that's to me, I'm envious, you know, because Shout at the Devil is one of my all time favorite albums. That was Motley Crue at, you know, in my opinion, if not at their peak, very close to their peak. Those first three albums for me are my favorite by them. And then Work at the Moon is an album that I've listened to over and over and over again. So, I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, such an awesome story. Not to say that Johan and Brad's stories were not great um, and that everyone else's isn't. It's just that that I think that's one of these tours where you hear about Motley Crue and Ozzy, Metallica and Ozzy, stuff like that, where they're tours of legends that, you know, all these years later, 40 years later, hard to believe, you know, are, are still being talked about. So, um, yeah, so. My brother Art is saying hello in the chat. Uh, I want to say hello back. Also, um, his birthday was um, last week. Also, we didn't have the show. Just want to uh, say happy birthday once again to him. Um, happy birthday, Art. Yeah, happy birthday, Art. Should we sing to him? Uh, well, do we want to have dogs uh, howling in all parts of the world? You know, is that is that our, our, our game there? But, uh, oh, come on, come on. Not, like all have, to him. not all of us have the voluptuous voice that you do, uh, Brad. So uh, I don't know. I think Steve could give me a run for my money. No. Nope. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on, Metal Steve, Dan. All right. Dan, what is the first show that you got to see? Mine is uh, September of 1984 in Irvine, California. With uh, Lita Ford opening, followed by Y&T and Twisted Sister on the Stay Hungry Tour uh, as the headliner. Wow. There you go, Steve. You've got it. Yeah, another member, uh, another sick motherfucker. I'm a sick motherfucker. That's right. Yeah, I mean, D fired the crowd. I know I like you, D. (laughs) See that? Um, Any recollections about that show? I was young, 14, 15, 16, something like that. Uh, my sister had to drive me there and drop me off, and she went, did whatever and picked me back, me and a friend up later. So thanks to uh, having family, you know, I was too young to drive. And uh, it's uh, Irvine Meadows is now gone. It's now apartments. But back then, it was one of the places to be. I know who else would probably go there from Utah, Brad. Uh, it was, you know, just amazing to Y&T with Dave Medichetti was on the in Rock We Trust tour. 
And I was we were all his big pink outfit. Yeah, I don't remember if he was wearing the pink, but it probably was because they were being vibrant at the time. But we were big fans of Black Tiger and all that. We already knew Y&T. We already knew Twisted Sister. We were already with the, the two previous albums. So, I mean, and then D just fires up. I don't remember what the rant was, but, you know, at the end of the night, he gets, you know, he breaks it down and gets everybody worked up. It's It was amazing. And ever since, I've been an SMF ever since. There you go. Awesome. Uh, Steve, your first show. My first show was uh, Skid Row with Pantera opening for them. Okay. That's an interesting uh, combo there. <laughs> yeah. Well, an- another tour that, yeah, that was uh, uh, definitely during the Headbangers Ball years. They they did a special mm-hmm. from that. They had Ace Freely come out and do Cold Gin with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I interviewed Rex, he talked about the fact that they were out selling Skid Row album with their albums, but that thanks to Skid Row and uh, and their ballads, they were starting to get more airplay than they were. So uh, so he was proud of the fact that they didn't need ballads to uh, to move albums. But uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it was uh, it was in '92, and um, it was in the parking lot of the Meadowlands. Okay, yeah, I, I remember I that it was like a good like summer concert, and you were. Yeah, so in the Meadowlands, because the Brendan Byrne Arena, which is now Nickelodeon Center, or what the hell is it? It's an amusement park, or it's something. Last it, I remembered, it was the Azad Center, but I don't think that anymore. No, they, well, they've taken 20 years and billions of dollars to refurbish the entire area. It's been one of the biggest scandals in New Jersey, and uh, and that's either Xanadu or the Nickelodeon amusement park. Right yeah. Now. But anyway. I forget what it's called. So during the summers, Bruce Springsteen would do like a month's worth of shows there. And for, and this is something that someone wrote me. It's going to refer to other bands, but Springsteen would do 30 nights or 23 nights or something like that. And every night was different. So this stuff about playing the same set list for 40 years was definitely Mm. didn't didn't apply. So since he was in the Brendan Byrne arena, they had that uh, summer concert series out in the parking lot. Um, So that's, that's why they played there every summer. They had that and they had the, the fair there, which, you know, you'd go see those rides and you were like, wow, this is like a death waiting to happen. They're, They're all like death traps that you, you're, you're staring at, but, um, but yeah, they, they would have that every, every summer. So that, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Uh, that is now actually where the new stadium is the MetLife stadium. So, um, yeah. So my brother's saying Meadowlands arena, formerly Brendan Byrne arena, continental airlines arena and IZOD center is an inactive indoor, um, Arena located in the Meadowlands Sports Complex. No, it's it's very active at the moment. Believe me, there are videos on the internet. Um, anyway, um, anything else that stood out to you about the show, Steve? Um, 
the people I went to it with, it was kind of a weird mix. And I, I honestly think I got invited because I had the license. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, so then, you're like the member of the band that had the PA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the fun thing is, um, the one guy that I went with, he was, his dad, like, I don't like, you just, you're just learning to join me. I was probably driving for like six months at that point. Right. And he was like, you know what? What if we rent a van and, you know, it'll take you to the show? I'm like, all right. So four yeah. of us piled into a van. Well, not really piling when there's four of us. Right. <laughs> and awesome. uh, so that was cool, you know. And, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just curious just a, why he felt you needed a van. Were there other things that you guys were transporting here? No. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I hope you got Mom the... And, uh, my mom and his dad were like, okay, that's cool. You know, we'll rent you a van. I don't know if it's cheaper or, I don't know, I didn't ask. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool. But, um, yeah, so it was, oh, wait, I'm sorry, there were five of us. Um, I was friends with everybody, but the, my one friend, his little brother came, who was uh, by three years younger than us. Right. And then one of our other friends, he bought one of his friends from out of state and they had, I don't know if they had better seats or if they just made better seats for themselves. Cause we were kind of at the end. Right. And they just like were in the pit somewhere. And it was just, yeah, so that was cool seeing my first concert. But, um, I just remember like my friend and I were just hanging out, listening to, to the show, watching it, having a good time. And then, we finally meet up at the the van later or afterwards afterwards. I don't even know what that is, but, um, and our other friend is like, I lost my tooth. And we're like, Oh my God, you're right. He's like, it's the best. <laughs> like, <"Okay." laughs> he was like, Oh, Pantera came on. I got punched in the face. <laughs> I was like, Hey, if you call and consider that a good time, I was happy. Uh, just stand in my seat. <laughs> hey, Different strokes for different folks, right? So uh, there you go. They, they just looked, they looked like they had been in the pit for the whole night. <laughs> well, you know, he will always remember. He'll always remember losing his teeth, right? To Pantera. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's why I whistle when I talk. Pantera 92. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Anthony. What was uh, your first show? It was um, August 83. So I was, what, 12? And it was, I had the ticket right here. It was that. Oh, wow. Black Sabbath. 83. Yeah. So Geezer Butler, I see uh, Tony Ian Bill Ward, Ian Gill. Oh, wow. Cool. So it was the Born Again tour. Yeah, and it was a it was a outdoor all day festival thing. Okay, so we had um, uh, it's it's Mama's Boys opened it. I don't know if anyone knows those. They're an Irish band. Yeah, I've seen them. Um, they were like, we were huge fans of Mama's Boys at the time, so it was really exciting to see them first. And uh, then we had Anvil, um. And then Twisted Sister, who were amazing, best band of the day. And then 
<laughs> Motorhead. It was uh, another perfect day tour. So you had Brian Robinson playing guitar. Yeah. And that was the loudest thing I've ever heard. Like since then, I've never heard anything as loud as that. Right. Um, like I was 12 and we were just, it was outdoor football stadium thing where it was set up across ways, you know, so the, if you were at the back, you weren't that far away. So right. my dad brought, brought myself and my younger brother, my older brothers were able to go into the crowd, whereas we were up in a, in a uh, stall, I guess you call it, and um, just directly across watching the whole day. <laughs> and so, so Motorhead, it was just, you had to just do that for the entire set. And you couldn't differentiate one song from the next. It was so loud. Right. And uh, yeah, so that was that. It was extremely exciting. Uh, I wasn't that familiar with Black Sabbath at the time. Because uh, I'd only gotten into music like two years earlier. Uh, we right. just hadn't gotten as far as Black Sabbath yet. Um, I do remember Paranoid being played and Smoke in the Water, actually, they played. Right. Um, do, you, do you remember who was drumming for them at that time? Bev Bevan. Okay, yeah. Bev Bevan, yeah. yeah. How yeah. Did, um, did he do? Because all the recordings I hear, all the boots, you can barely hear the drums. And I, I've, I've just tried to get my head around him playing in Black Sabbath. How did, how did it seem to you? I know you weren't that familiar with the music. Uh do you know what? I can't really remember. <laughs> was, I do actually during the Black Sabbath set, we went down to the crowd and it wasn't a particularly well attended gig. Mm. Uh, and I spent about three songs on my older brother's shoulders. So, nice. was his name Dave? <laughs> no, it was Paul. So, uh, can, we, can we call I him Dave? Like my older brother Dave was there. <laughs> oh yeah, you got an older brother Dave. All right. <laughs> but I, I have distinct memories of being, you know, not that far, like on the shoulders, and not that far from the stage. Maybe uh, I don't know thirty foot or something, and looking at Tony Iommi, you know, as clear as crystal in front of me doing that and I yeah. was like oh my god that's amazing and then we went and got Lemmy's autograph <laughs> he was signing oh, wow. at the side of the stage <laughs> oh cool yeah it was, so it was an amazing first gig I'm really chuffed to have had that my yeah, first yeah. experience that, that's, uh, that's beyond awesome and, and like you're saying you know you weren't that versed in Sabbath but you know looking back at it realizing you know gillen is there realizing that you know a member of elo is drumming you know there's so so many like oddities to it yeah you, absolutely yeah yeah and yeah, even the motorhead uh set as bizarre as it was with brian robertson with really short hair and a i think it was a pink jumpsuit <laughs> like yeah. like head to toe in like pink puffy tracksuit yeah, maybe it was yeah, Dave. But, <laughs> yeah, but for Motorhead, it was just so weird. 
Yeah, well, yeah. he he towards the end he was wearing shorts on stage. I remember that. Yeah, that's he, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things that would piss Lemmy off was that he would just go out in like uh, track shorts uh, and and just play. He didn't kind of give a damn about whether he fit the uh, you know the the rest of the ambiance that the, that the band was trying to to portray. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome. That's a stacked but, bill. Uh, but Twisted Sister were absolutely incredible at that day. You know, Steve yeah. Snyder just giving it everything. Yeah. You know, and it was in the middle of the day in a quarter-filled football stadium, you know. Might as well have been sold out for all he was concerned. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's That's awesome. Jeremy, your first show. Yeah, I'm going to cheat a little bit because my first show was a very small gig uh, at Northgate Arena in Chester in 1981, and it was three bands called Chevy, Limelight, and Alien. But I'm not going to talk about that because I haven't got very many memories of that show, but I want to talk about the first big gig that I went to, which was very soon after. Okay. And that was White, that was Whitesnake and Samson at Deeside Leisure Center, and it was in December of 1982. So okay. it wasn't quite my first gig, but it was, in my mind, it's my first gig. Um, and I think it's more interesting. <laughs> uh, so this was in North This was in North Wales. It was at, at, at an ice rink. So they covered over the ice rink with uh, rubber mats. Right. Um, and and you could even see the um, the wires going along as well. You had to be careful you didn't trip up on the on the mats. Um, but it was actually a fantastic gig. Uh, Nicky Moore was singing for Samson because Bruce had just left to go to okay. Iron Maiden. Um, right. uh, but Whitesnake were in the prime then. It was the Saints and Sinners tour. Uh, so you had, the, you, know, you had the bluesy guitars of Bernie Marsden and Mickey Moody. But, I mean, David Coverdale was in his prime. And obviously you had John Lord as well playing with them. And, you know, just to hear his keyboards and the, the, the sound, you know, it was so loud. And he was rocking the um, uh, the 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 organs, you know, pushing them backwards and forwards on the stage. Uh, it was amazing. I was quite far back, and I was quite young at the time. I mean, I, I was um, uh, fifteen years old, and I, and I'm not very tall either. So you know, I was sort of crooning my neck to see the see the show. But you could certainly hear it; it was really loud. Um, and the other thing that um, I remember about it was. Um, there was a lot of fire that came up from the from the floor right in front of the stage. Well, I was right at the back, and you could feel the the the, the right. heat of the fire because uh, in those days there's no health and safety, of course. So it's just you know you you just did whatever you want. <laughs> so um, that that was amazing, and it was a, a really cold night as well. I remember it was snowing when we were queuing up to go in, and I've still got the ticket and on my board. Um, and the tickets all sort of worn away because it all got wet that night with the snow. Uh, so parts of the ticket are missing. <laughs> right. But but Coverdale's voice was amazing, and and you know they played all the hits. And you got to remember, Whitesnake were were one of the biggest rock acts in Britain at the time. I mean, Fool for Your Loving, which was a, a single that had been out previously. Um, you know, it was a top ten single. Um, it was massive. It was massive. So, um, you know, it was, just, it was just, it was sold out. Um, I was there with a friend of mine who, um, been to a few shows with, uh, since, and, 
I was with his sister as well, who was a big White State fan. Um, and it was a it was a really great night. Very cool. You said White Snake in their prime, but I didn't hear you mention John Sykes. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is White State were during the Blues prime, and the, you know they right. were, they were just they were really cooking in the, in that time, the early eighties. That, that's fine. You know, we've already had discussions about how you like the wrong era of Aerosmith as well. So you know, we've gotten used <laughs> to these kinds of things, Jeremy. <laughs> no, that's my, that's awesome. Uh, my older brothers saw that tour in Dublin, White Snake okay. Samson. Yeah, and I, I was still too young where I wasn't allowed to go, but um, there was a power cut during the concert, and that's that's my memory of it. I have, we have photographs of it somewhere. Very <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, anytime you get to see John Lord live, I mean, had to have been great, especially during that period, because, you know, as as you're saying, Jeremy, the whole thing that he was known for, for like rocking the keyboards back and forth. It isn't like they do now, or you see some keyboard players do that. It's your usual, like just keyboard that, that we've become accustomed to over the last 30 years. No, John Lord was rocking a big Moog keyboard, which was, or Moog, excuse me, which was heavy as all hell. So if that thing fell over, you know, you were getting three or four people to pick that back up. It wasn't a one-person job. So, you know, it was part of the whole illusion that they were selling. So that was, you know, that's magical to see that. So that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And of course, of course, David Coverdale was full of his phrases. You know, here's a song for you, and uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, he's uh, full of it. And but it was just, yeah, what what a concert. Well, it really set me off to be a proper, you know, rock and metal fan. As I said, I, I did see a a smaller gig just before that, but that didn't really sort of, um, you know, get my appetite going for the music, but, but seeing White State live did. And, you know, that we should always remember that, that those sort of moments, you know, can really drive you on to get into the, into the music long-term and, you know, we're still into it today. So it's great. Yeah. Coverdale is from what part of uh, England? He's from Yorkshire. Yeah, he's he always makes a thing of having his his brew his Yorkshire tea in front of him. Okay, <laughs> so so can you do a, a a Yorkshire accent? Well, not not as good no as some other accents. But the thing about David Coverdale is he hasn't really got a proper Yorkshire accent, which is strange. He's he's quite posh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, yeah, all right. He got rid. Of, he got rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- that. Here in Spain, that happens with uh, a lot of the famous people as well, where depending on who they're interviewed by, they'll either have a neutral accent or if they're from the South, which is a very heavy, uh, a very thick accent. If they're being interviewed by, you know, a reporter from the South or from a a Southern uh, station from Seville or something like that, all of a sudden they'll turn that on. But when you usually hear them, you know, it's wiped clean to, to kind of be neutral. So. Um, I'm wondering like, if that's the case. Like you, Victor, you don't sound like you're from Jersey or Spain. Well, that's the, that's there. There's there's a long story for for that. I don't speak English or Spanish correctly, so uh, you know <laughs> that, that's where you get that. But uh, anyway, Jose just joined us in the chat. Jose sent me a message 
Uh, he said that his first show was uh, The Cure in 1986 at Madison Square Garden with his brother, uh, Bennett. Um, metal dentist Gabriel said that, and I think he might be pulling a, uh, a Jeremy here and cheating because he's saying that uh, his first show was Kiss and Poison in 2004 um, on July 20th at the PNC Bank Art Center in uh, central Jersey there. And uh, I have a feeling he's probably seen some other shows, but um, all right. So my first show um, I had wanted to, my brother had gotten to see ACDC. My friends had gotten to see kiss iron maiden. So I wasn't allowed to see any of these shows up, up to that point. Uh, So one of my cousins, one of my, long list of cousins says, Oh, we're going to the, uh, Queens County fair in, in New York. Like, Oh, we're, we're going to go see a, a concert. And, uh, I said, oh, okay, who's, who's playing. So, um, uh, the opening act was a guy named Noel. The second act was the cover girls. These are strict pop acts. And then the third band was the gypsy Kings who, uh, depending on who you speak to, are from Spain or from France. If you speak to them, they say they're French. If you speak to people in Spain, they'll say that they're Spanish. Um, anyway, so my first show had absolutely nothing to do with rock or metal or anything like that. But my medical uh, story, Brad, is that this cousin also became a dentist. And on the way home, he says, oh, do you want to stop by the... Um, the university where I'm studying. Yeah, sure. Well, um, let me show you the cadaver that we're working on. I like that dentists are working on cadavers. So we went there and he showed us, he brought us into a room. It was all full of tables that had each, you know, team of students cadavers. And he proceeded to show us the one that he was working on, which they had done the eddy treatment to and cut off the top part of the skull. Um, and so really bad dentist. I was going to say, he removed <laughs> from the, from the inside. Um, I think I have a cat. Yeah, I can fix that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anyway, but let, let, let me just say that um, for a while there, it was difficult to eat certain things. Um, and that smell of, you know, formaldehyde or whatever that was always was, was, was stuck there. So when, when I've heard, you know, people trying to take formaldehyde for not the purposes that it's used for or to do other recreational things, I'm like, mm, that smell kind of never goes away. you you always, that's one of those things that are always stuck with you. So. And that that's was, why he, he should have said, don't drink and drive. That's it. There you go. <laughs> Um, my first metal show was uh, actually um, a Sacred Reich with uh, Crowbar and with Souls at Zero. Souls at Zero used to be called uh, Wrathchild AD. And then when Grunge came around, they changed the name of the band, changed their sound to be more like a Pantera type band, like more of a, a groove metal band as opposed to a thrash metal band. They hated one another, so that band broke up shortly after that. But the drummer, 
was Shan, uh, Shannon Larkin, who's played with a million other bands like Ugly Kid Joe. And he's been the drummer in Godsmack for like 20 years now. Um, Crowbar, who a lot of us know, the drummer for that was Craig. I forget his last name. Starts with a B, but he ended up playing in Black Label. And then uh, Sacred Reich was who I was sent there to see by their label at the time, Hollywood Records. I got to talk to um, Dave McLean, who's now back in the band, the drummer. Uh, Jason Rainey, who passed away a few years ago. And um, Phil Rind, who I got to interview two years ago. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was my first uh, experience of going to a, a rock or metal show and actually meeting a band at the same time. So it was it's kind of cool. Cool. Um, let's see. Most okay. people after a show go and drink in the parking lot or whatever. You go see a cadaver. Yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's um, sick. <laughs> that was no, that's metal. That is metal. <laughs> that's metal. There you go. Um, and that's from the person that told me, oh, you grow out of being into metal. You know, that's just a passing phase. Much, much like the person that contacted me on Facebook that went to school with me like a few years back. Remember when you used to like Kiss? Yeah, that hasn't really changed. Uh, <laughs> I used to. I still do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, next question I asked you guys was the uh, best shows that you had attended. And uh, since since the order has now changed here, we'll, we'll go in, a, in kind of a reverse order here. We'll go uh, with Steve first. What's the best show that you've seen? Oh. I have a list of uh, a good amount, but I, I think I'm going to stick with metal. I'm going to have to go with New York Steel. Okay. For me. Because I was, I mean, I think it's, you know, people here may know that I like Twist Sister. Mm hmm. You know, um, so that was my first time getting to see the, the full band back together or together. Right. Because you know, I've never gotten to see them before that. And, uh, you know, just the, the circumstance for the show and everything. So it was a, a really special thing for me. Yeah. Um, I was at that show as well. Um, for those that don't know, that show was put on by Eddie Trunk and Mike Piazza, a retired baseball player now. That was for the um, uh, widows and children of the uh, first responders of the uh, 9-11 attack in New York. And this show was uh, Sebastian Bach, Overkill, Ace Freely, Anthrax, um, and Twisted Sister. Am I missing anyone? I think that was all that played. Um, Twisted Sister. Yeah, Twisted Sister has since released that on DVD after years of saying that it was never recorded. It was the first time mm -hmm. that they'd gotten back together again in front of a, a large audience. Um, Ace Freely was whacked out of his mind. He was recorded properly. I have a bootleg of that, but he's never wanted to release that because of how bad he looks. I mean, he's completely pale and skinny as hell. Um not to uh, jump ahead, but that's actually my first, uh, the Ace Freely part. Okay. Um, worst, uh, from, worst concert. From that band. specific uh, show? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
See, now that was my first time seeing Ace. So mm. because of the song selection and stuff, I have fond memories of that. Um, I will say, you know, my brother and me did witness 9-11 in person. We saw that second plane hit. Uh, we were there. So that show when Twisted Sister played mm. uh, The Price was a very emotional moment for me. Um, was one of those things where it was like, all right, we, we got to try to like move on from this. Um, anytime that I interview somebody who played at that show and I, when I spoke to Charlie Belmore uh, a few months back, I mentioned it to him as well that, you know, if I ever get to interview D again, I'll thank him for being in that show because of what that emotionally meant for me and what it meant to kind of move on from there. I've, Said it again, Blitz from Overkill, the guys from Anthrax that I've interviewed, I've talked to them about all of this. And Anthrax that night was a big deal because there was um, mm -hmm. all this hoopla about not knowing whether they were going to perform as Anthrax or not. So they all came out with white jumpsuits that ended up spelling out, we are not changing our name. Um, that was also Rob Caggiano's first show with Anthrax. And I remember hearing him do the solo to only, and I was like, no, he's butchering it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there you go. The New York steel uh, DVD. I have that in the next room. Um, all right. So uh, anyway, Jeremy, you're fondest show that you've seen. Yeah, this was really difficult for me because I've seen so many shows. I mean, I've, you know, I've stood in front of Phil liner playing, Thin Lizzy, and I've, I've uh, seen ACDC, and I've seen Ozzy playing in Sabbath, and you know all these shows are just fantastic. I've even seen Prince standing on um, his piano playing his guitar to Purple Rain, and that was an amazing moment. But it wasn't the best overall show that I'm going to tell you about. I drilled it down to two. One was Iron Maiden on the Final Frontier tour. And the reason is it was the first time I'd ever seen Maiden live. And I realized what an amazing live band they are. And it was also the only show at that point where I'd never got bored at any moment in, at a, in any part of the show. And I'd wanted to see all the encores and not go home at the end of it. That's how good they are. So that, that was almost, almost there. But I, in the end, I picked Muse. Um, I saw Muse at Download Festival, and they said in advance that they were going to uh, put their guitars forward and they were going to play it a little bit heavier than they normally have on records because they knew the audience they were going to play to. And I saw, thought, well, you know, I don't really know Muse and I don't really like them, but I'll watch them because they're the headline act that night. And I was absolutely blown away. I mean, you could have just touched me and I would have fallen over. They were so good. It was the sound was crystal clear. It must have been where I was standing in the in the particular part part of the field, but they they were just amazing. I mean, um, and and as soon as I watched, uh, as soon as I got home after the show, I, I said to my wife, "I'm getting tickets, and we'll go and see them on, in Manchester on the same tour." So I went on the same tour, and it was a totally different show. But again, it was also the best show that I've ever seen because it was indoors. It was. Um, it was in the round and it was on the drones tour. So they had all these drones flying around the arena. There was loads right. of them all just flying around with lights on. I mean, it was unbelievable. I've never seen a stage show like it. And I've seen Kiss live and obviously Kiss, you know, right. are incredible live. But I've never seen a band like Muse live. And I'll, uh, 
those two shows on the same tour and I'll never see a band like it again. There you go. So I, I for a second there thought that you were going to say that uh, Yannick Air's prancing won you over, but <laughs> it, it ended up being that it was uh, the the drones from Muse that that did it. That's yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, your best or favorite show that you got to see? Well, the the, the best was it was very easy to come up with this. Uh, it was just this perfect meeting. Um, like I got into hard, you know, heavy rock around uh, eighty one, and uh, this band played Dublin in eighty two. I was too young; was not allowed to go until the next time they came, which was ten years later. So ninety one, ten years when you're that age is a long time, right? So finally getting to see ACDC live, <laughs> the Razor's Edge tour, and a few, about a month before the gig was announced, was due to happen. It was announced that our myself and my friends' number one band at the time that we were obsessed with was going to support King's X. Oh wow! So it was just everything came together: King's X and ACDC. Uh, and I met Doug and Jerry in Dublin the day before the gig. And I spent about half an hour chatting to them up down O'Connell Street in Dublin. Got to the show uh, really early, like before the doors opened. Got in and it was the first gig in Dublin, actually, that a pit was used in the venue. Right. Well, it's because somebody died at a Smashing Pumpkins concert about a year before. But anyway, uh, so we got in. Next thing, it was a packed, sold-out concert in Point Depot in Dublin, about six thousand people. And we're in the front row with plenty of space because obviously they just introduced this this pit, you know, because we got the armbands and so it was just amazing. Like we were right up the front going crazy for King's X because we were all about King's X at the time and they were at their peak um, and then ACDC came on and I just remember standing watching them like I can't believe this is actually happening you know right so yeah that was a very easy choice but then after hearing Jeremy he was mentioning things uh, I'm like oh my god the time I saw Prince playing Diamonds and Pearls tour, similar pit situation right at the front. It was amazing. Depeche Mode, one of the best gigs I've been at. Um, Pantera opening for Megadeth, another amazing moment. So many good gigs. (laughs) Yeah, and the other interesting thing there, important thing to point out, last year, I think it was, maybe it was the year before, uh, Richie from Focus on Metal. We did a special for um, St. Patrick's Day about Irish bands. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, and one of the things that he pointed out was the fact how you know a lot of bands play England. Bands will go over to Cardiff. Bands will go you know to different places. They'll go to Glasgow, but they wouldn't go to Ireland. So it was a big yeah, deal yeah. for. 
it's not so bad now but back then it was a big deal yeah 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 so i mean i just hearing your story and the build-up you know acdc and all those years 10 years is is a big deal you know a lot of people huge yeah like growing up at least for for us you know in the new york area you kind of take for granted that their shows continuously you know that you can see stuff all the time but that's the yeah. ticket right there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. and then i saw them again a few months later at donington <laughs> so. um awesome that's awesome ticket stubs yeah no i'm i'm just used to having like a little printout ticket that has the band's name but it, no artwork or anything uh, that's what the so tickets used to be like really cool there's yeah. that print gig there yeah awesome but, but like now they're shy they're just <laughs> printouts <laughs> now yeah you don't even get them if yeah you, know, you get them on mm-hmm. your phone whatever yeah yeah uh dan uh your best uh show experience yeah, that's a hard one to, to answer. I even as we're just discussing, I still haven't made up my mind because <laughs> I've seen Pantera headline a small club in Anaheim, and you know, just after Cowboys. So, um, I guess it would have to be Maiden on the uh, Power Slave tour in San Bernardino. I think it was after it was before or after Long Beach. I don't remember now, right. but it was my first time seeing Maiden. And the venue is a small trash dump of a place to see with standing room only. And I was young and dropped off once again. But I think we were pretty, the, the lights would extend out over the crowd because they were so much that the lights were over our head as well, too, because of the venue. So I think I was, you know, 10 to 15 rows deep in that smash of people and being pushed around and, Back in the day, look at some of those old videos. You see the crowds being pushed back and forth. That's what it was like. It was it was a survival of uh, piss and beer and being pushed and butts to nuts and all that. But right. it, what a great time to see uh, Maiden for the first time, I guess, on that tour with yeah. a warrior warrior opening up. Wow, that's love to see them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Again, another another historic tour because we're all we've we've all heard live after death was voted the number one live album here when we did that a few months back and i mean that's part of that mystical tour that that you know was preserved in time on vhs dvd blu-ray and you know album so we've all seen it and heard it you know a million times it's part of the soundtrack of of all of our lives so yeah that's awesome Exactly. I think it was after Long Beach. And then, of course, Brad, you know, I then later I was too young to at that time. Um, parent dropped me off for that show. So, yeah, my experience with Long Beach Arena after that, the next Maiden tour, then I was constantly going to the Long Beach shows because Maiden would return to Long Beach. And as would other acts where Brad and I were probably at some of the same shows at this historic arena. And it's still there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, I actually left the motherland in eight, early '81, so now we kind of yeah, I missed the Irvine and all that stuff. But the- I, I mean, Metallica at Long Beach on the I don't remember which tour it was, but with the seats cushions flying back and forth, 
which is also discussed. I was there. I mean, there's so many best shows, but what a, what a, what a time. It's, it's hard. It's hard because different shows hit you for different reasons. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, as you guys are talking, there are so many things coming up. I was supposed to see Pantera was, um, we had passes to get, to get into the show. It was Pantera Sacred Reich at the Roseland in New York. Turned out that they oversold the show. So we were, instead of receiving four tickets like we were supposed to get, they only had two waiting for us at the door. And there were three of us that went. So one of us, a guy that was coming with us was like, oh no, I'll wait out. I'll wait for you guys out here. We're like, in New York? Like, no, like we won't, we'll never see you again, you know? So we're like, all right, if none of, if one of us can't make it in, then none of us can make it in. So we got back in the car and drove back home, unfortunately. But he then the next, the night. that's great. Sorry. Yeah, no, the, the, the Monday after was, you know, the story was no one from any of the radio stations could get in because of the comp tickets. So, um, so yeah. Um, Mike, your best show, because you've told us about a bunch of amazing shows over the years as well, seeing stuff at Red Rock and just a lot of different stuff. So for you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up in Denver, that was like just an amazing experience because a lot of the bigger bands would do kind of a double stop. They'd come through Red Rocks in the summer and then come back through in the winter and play at McNichols Arena. Um, you know, so you'd catch kind of double whammies on a lot of it. Um, again, like everybody else said, this is a damn near impossible question. I mean, I saw Metallica with Cliff on the Ride the Lightning tour at Rainbow Music wow. Hall in Denver. Amazing show. Um, Maiden World Slavery Tour, um, 84. The Twisted Sister was supposed to open, but D. Schneider had dropped an amp on his foot, broke his foot, so couldn't perform. So wow. Maiden played like a three-hour set that night. It was just absolutely incredible. Um, Rush on the R40 tour. We were actually uh, saw that one in Portland, Oregon. Um, just an, an epic show, like the way they had the stage set up. But I, I think I, I just kept going around in my head after all of them. For me, it had to be seeing Sabotage on the Gutter Ballet tour at a small club in Denver called Bengals Nightclub. Um, band called Cold Sweat opened for them. That right. was uh, Mark Ferrari's band after he left Steeler. And after he left Keel. Oh, Keel, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw the name Cold Sweat. This was you know, pre-internet days. No idea who they were. Had never heard them before. Was walking through the club with, with a beer before the show. Came around the corner and absolutely ran him over. And just, you know, knocked him to the ground. I was with a friend and, and I looked at him. I, you know, I saw the hair. He had the distinctive stripe in his hair. And I, I laughed and I was like, hey, this guy thinks he's Mark Ferrari. Ha ha. <laughs> and then, you know, five minutes later, he's up on stage. I was like, oh, crap, that was Mark Ferrari that I just <laughs> completely keel hauled. Um, but, yeah, seeing Sabotage in their prime with Chris Oliva and John's voice was just absolutely on fire at that point in yeah. his career. Um, just so, so epic. And, you know, 200, 250 people tops in the show. So you're right up front catching everything. Um, it was just absolutely mind blowing. 
Very cool. Yeah, Metal Dan is saying Mark Ferrari is one of the most likable humans. Um, your confusion with Steeler was that uh, Ron Keel was the singer. Ron, yeah. Ferrari played in Keel. Uh, little known fact. No, I'm sure a lot of people know. Cold Sweat was supposed to be called Ferrari, but the Ferrari Motor Company sued them to not use the name. So that's how they, they came upon uh, Cold Sweat because he was, I mean, the biggest known guy in the band at the time. The singer, shit, the singer's been in a bunch of different like known bands since then. I, I don't remember right now. I haven't personally followed them, so I wouldn't be able to name them. But that's awesome. Very envious that you've gotten to see Shows at Red Rocks again after seeing um, um, uh, you the, the famous U two show from uh, you know the War tour the Under a Blood Red yeah. Sky seeing that yeah. there I mean it's one of those things since I was a kid was- you know I'd love to see a show at Red Rock because it's just such an iconic surrounding natural Red Rocks around the you know the the, the venue so it's yeah. And, and honestly, like my probably my greatest experience at Red Rocks was um, the you remember the movie uh, The Adventures of Fort Fairlane? And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed the opening scene there with their, yes. the band Black Plague. Um, I was an extra in the audience for that. So oh, we no spent shit. the entire <laughs> night trying to spread out and make it look full. Um, and then <laughs> you know, the, the the Black Plague band came out and played. Um, you know, they did all the stunts. They did the, the helicopters flying overhead, filming all the different angles. And yeah. then after they were wrapped up filming, Queensryche came out and played uh, a free show to, oh, wow. you know, as a thank you for everybody for, for hanging out all night. We were there like 10, 12 hours. Oh, wow. Um, but would not have traded that for the world. That was an amazing experience. And that soundtrack is what Queensryche considers to be their launching pad. The song Last Time in Paris, they consider, because that was the first thing that got on radio, they consider that to be the launching pad. Uh, Black Plague was Vince Neil and Vince I think Bill Susano. I think, was the bassist. And yeah, was it, was it? A, it was a very much an all-star band that yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They picked some top-notch guys so. yeah absolutely metal dan is saying that he owns the cold sweat album awesome uh brad okay all kidding aside with seeing shows in closets burger kings and everything else uh what do you consider the best show that you've seen you know and uh, yeah it's it's a tough one to pick because i've seen so many great shows i mean i can pick any Saxon show, especially the first one at the Whiskey with Metallica warming up. Uh, the first Judas Priest show I saw at the Whiskey as well, which, yeah, not quite a Burger King. Um, but, uh, yeah, great, just unbelievable experiences. Uh, and I actually had picked out a show just because it was one of the more, more just um, incredible shows I've ever been to where the crowd wouldn't leave when the band stopped playing. Uh, but I shifted gears based on something Jeremy said. And uh, the fact that it was like, I want to go see him again and went and saw them again. So uh, I changed to Queensryche uh, during the Empire Tour. We saw them. Uh, yeah, my wife, uh, not not known to be into metal. I uh, kind of trained her in that direction. And she became she became a huge Queensryche fan. And this is, uh, you know, 
Well, anyway, we, we decided, and this is back when we were poor. We were starving students, didn't have much money. Uh, but we decided to go to uh, Boise, Idaho, and see them there first, and then also see them in Salt Lake. And we saw them in Boise. It was great. It was, um, was it Rathchild? No, uh, what's, oh, God. Warrior Soul. Warrior Soul. Thank you. I get the, the names mixed up. <laughs> Warrior Soul, greatest hair in rock and roll, other than Jake Ely. Um, Corey Clark. They, yeah, Corey Clark. They, they were warming up. And... Um, the show in, in Boise was just was just incredible. But the show in Salt Lake was even more incredible because they played more songs, which I thought was kind of like, Man, that, that's a bit of a ripoff to the smaller market uh, where you guys short them out. And there maybe there was a re- logistical reason. Uh, Art knows logistics um, that they had to cut it short to get to Salt Lake to set up the next day. But. Uh, when we saw them play in Salt Lake, you know, they did uh, a lot of the Empire album, but then they did all of Operation Mind Crime from beginning to end. And this is when that album was, you know, they couldn't do it when the album came out because they were warm up act and right. warming up for Metallica, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so they they did that, and it was just one of the most just uh, just amazing, almost spiritual experiences at a, at a rock show. They were. So, Good. Everything was just so perfect, and uh, Jeff Tate was just an incredible front man. Uh, and you didn't you didn't want it to end. And after that show in Salt Lake, we both Shelley and I looked at each other. It was like, okay, where are they playing tomorrow night? <laughs> Albu- Albuquerque. Okay, we're going. We're going to go to Albuquerque. Damn it! I mean, we've seen him twice. We're going to go see him a third time. It was that good. But then it was like, well, wait a second. Number one, you got to work. I got to go to school, and we have no money. Crap. So, and yeah, now Albuquerque wasn't exactly, you could drive it real fast. So that I'm going to put as my, uh, my, my favorite con or yeah, my favorite concert, just cause it was so good. I would have gone to see them every show for the rest of the tour. It was that good. And it was, it just kept you going every single song. Uh, they God, they were so good back then. And even the next tour, the Here in the Now Frontier, which the album kind of just got, you know, pushed off. Uh, it wasn't a great album, let's say. But was Promised were, Land was next. Oh, yeah. No, we did sound on Promised Land. Promised Land really wasn't that great. Maybe it's because we flew 22 hours from Portugal and then flew to Salt Lake <laughs> and then drove to Vegas, got there without <laughs> any sleep, went to the show, and it was typo negative warming up for him down there. Uh, but that show was just really incredible, but it wasn't quite the same band wise. I mean, you could tell kind of things weren't as magical with the guys, uh, but, and we weren't like, yeah, let's go see him again after that. <laughs> they played, I, I think they played the whole promised land album too. And that album just was, eh, it was just all right. It, it's, but, it's there probably out of that streak. It's probably the weakest out of their first few albums. Yeah. Well, well, uh, here in the now frontier is the one where they took the big swerve. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I'm really glad I saw him on that promised land tour because it was just a very unique thing. It was very, um, uh, I don't know what the, the word is because my brain's totally shot from not much sleep. Um, but it was very theatrical. Let's put it that way. Okay. <clears throat> um, the, uh, but when we saw him in here in the now frontier, and no, no, having no idea that uh, Chris DeGarmo was about to leave the band. Uh, but yet it was, again, the magic was there that night here. And we were like, where are they playing tomorrow? Let's go. And we, yeah. again, it was New Mexico and we couldn't go. And I guess that tour got 
canceled because of the record company going under or something. So they didn't play very many shows after that. But so just the fact that I was willing to sell everything I had to go see them again on that tour, I'm going to say Queensryche. Yeah. Anthony, you're saying you saw who Queensryche and Warrior Soul or Queensryche and Metallica? Oh, no, it was that that uh, Empire tour in oh, Dublin. Okay. okay. Yeah, amazing. They played the whole of Operation Mindcrime and it was just yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah. I I, I kind of wonder sometimes when I see something that hits me that hard. Is it just me? You kind of look around the arena. It's like, are other people feeling this too, or is it just me for some reason? Is this just like hitting me really hard? So, um, but again, when Shelly looked at me and like, yeah, I'm willing to do this. Like, let's do it. You know, no sleep, no money. Let's go. And uh, yeah, it wasn't just me. So, your your name. I can't remember who who opened. Sorry, Victor. No, no, I was just saying, uh, did did, uh, did your name become Peter Frampton all of a sudden there, uh, Brad, when you're at the show? <laughs> do you feel like I do? This, you know, one of his Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there you go. I can tell you, I, I could put Peter Frampton on my other list, though, that we're going to talk about. Someday. Okay. <laughs> so, Sorry, Anthony, you were saying? Oh, well, just saying, I can't remember who opened that tour in Dublin. Yeah. I could, I could, I could find out. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. the ticket in there. <laughs> go on, keep going. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, wish that, I wish the heck I could have saved all my tickets because they all would have got lost. Because after my parents left when I graduated high school, I mean, all my stuff just got thrown away basically. So, yeah, yeah, life is. Uh, yeah, I don't have much. I, I just managed to keep them. Well, what year was that? Ooh. 90, 90, 91, 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, it was probably before that. Let me see. Talk amongst yourselves. No yeah, Johan, uh, what was your uh, best show? So, my best show? Yes. Yes, it was uh, in uh, the 26th of June, 1992 at Roskilde Festival. Uh, and the band was uh, Nirvana. Nir- what do you say in English? Nir- Nirvana? Oh, that's correct. Nirvana, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, for me, they were the biggest band on the planet that year. From, yeah. uh, and for everyone else who was there. And on the same night, Denmark won the European Championships. Right. So the whole festival site was boiling. You know, it's, it was a magic night. Uh, right. And when Nirvana played, you know, you know, when you melt together with the band uh, and you're... Uh, around i was 20 so and no worries in the world so that was uh, that is still my best concerts absolutely amazing to see a band when they are on their absolute peak uh honorable mentions i must say is uh, rush snakes and arrows in stockholm okay. uh, iron maiden somewhere in on tour or somewhere in time in Gothenburg 86 and ACDC blow up your video tour in 88 in Gothenburg as well. Yeah. Thank you. My brother saw ACDC on that tour, but in New Jersey at the, uh, inside the arena at the Meadowlands, not in the parking lot. <laughs> um, so let's see some of the comments that were uh, sent in here. Best show. Uh, Jose, who's in the chat says Depeche mode. Uh, in 88 with my brother Art and with his both of his siblings. Uh, orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark opened up. 
and they were just as good as the Pesh Mode, he says. Um, and uh, the Metal Dentist says Iron Maiden 2005, uh, Bring Me Ed, July 26, PNC Bank Art Center. Uh, started raining in the lawn seats, became mudslide. It was an awesome night. Um, let's see here. And um, my brother mentioned that uh, seeing Megadeth, uh, we saw Megadeth and Motley Crue. It was the Maximum Rocks tour, uh, which was in 2000. And the lineup of Megadeth was the two Daves, Al Petrelli and Jimmy DeGrasso. Uh, that was the tour with Motley Crue where um, uh, Samantha Maloney played drums for them because Tommy Lee was out of the band. And uh, Anthrax was supposed to open up. I bought tickets for that because I really wanted to see Anthrax more than anyone else. And, um, and they ended up getting kicked off of the tour because they weren't making enough money before we we actually got to see them so um so that is what my brother considers to be uh, the best show uh that he saw um let's see here a few comments going back and forth in the private chat here uh metal dan mentioning i miss those times when we'd go to a show get back home and want to see it again uh, Mike Jones saying that snakes and arrows i caught a t-shirt from neil Peart. wow uh, definite, definite prize possession. I would imagine. And um, Johan, wow, you can send it to me anytime. All right, all-time favorite shirt. So, so for me, this this has been uh, very difficult as well hearing you guys because um, I've seen Kiss is my all-time favorite band but I've seen them on a really shitty tour and I've seen them on an okay tour. So I couldn't consider that. I did get to see uh, Iron Maiden on the Brave New World tour with Halford and Queensryche opening up, which was ridiculous outside of um, uh, who the hell the, the guitarist was in, uh, in Queensryche who seemed like he was auditioning to be an extra in a docking video in 86 for some reason in the year 2000 um, came out with leather chaps uh, puffed out hair. I don't know. I don't think it was Mike stone. I think it was uh, oh. whoever they had after Mike stone left and, and Parker joined the band. I forget. Um, but I have to say, because similar to what Jeremy's saying, just the overall experience and I've seen the band twice and I had to figure out which one of the two shows was better. Um, it's nine inch nails for me. I, I got to see them with my brother once. And then in a kind of a small, like not even an arena here in Spain with like 3000 people, they were going out on the, um, Oh shit. The album where that survivalism is on. So it wasn't even like a full like stage. Like uh, when I saw them with my brother was at PNC, which is what my cousin Gabriel keeps referencing. So it was a full lighting setup. When I saw them later on in here in Bilbao, Spain, they didn't have a lot of the same accoutrements, but there was enough 
to make the show magical. Like they had shop lights hanging over uh, each member. So there was just like a, a, a like spotlight on each member that was just weak enough for you to see them. But there was so much smoke that it like clouded everything else out. Just the whole experience of the show, seeing a, a small setup like that and um, and a band being, you know, as big as they were and playing a small intimate show like that to me was was ridiculous. New York Steel was a tremendous show for me. You know, it was a very emotional show. Um, seeing a lot of different festival dates, seeing Metallica doing the entire Black Album, um, the Ramones on their last tour, seeing Dio on their la- on his last solo tour. You know, so there's there's a, a bunch of things uh, that come to mind, but just overall show songs and and just experiences for me is Nine Inch Nails. So um, let's go with uh, worst shows. Uh, Johan, for you, what's the worst show that you've seen? Uh, Phil Anselmo, 2014 at Roskilde Festival. Okay. He was uh, performing with uh, some band, uh, The Illegals, I think they were yeah, yeah, called. Yeah. Uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. He, uh, he played some Pantera songs, some Down songs, and it was... Uh, he was drunk and he was on drugs. Uh, just terrible. I have seen Pantera many times in the 90s and this was just embarrassing to see. We left uh, during the concert. So, Phil Anselmo. Okay. Uh, Mike, what does is, what is the shirt read? The, the Neil Peart shirt? It says, Neil Peart shot this shirt at me. I feel smarter already. <laughs> Oh wow! That's awesome. <laughs> that that is why it is the greatest shirt, and then the the front. Wow, that that is wow. so awesome. Wow, I, I had heard that they were doing uh, one shirt per show on that tour, so each oh, wow. show got a different shirt, whatever they shot out of the cannon on the intermission. That's 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 beyond ridiculous. That's awesome. Um, Brad, for you, what, what is the worst show that you've seen? Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I think I've talked about this before. I'm going to go with Ario Speedwagon. Uh, it was rainbow warming up. And I told you the story about my drummer, who is the biggest, uh, deep purple, uh, rainbow fan in the world. And I, I wasn't that big of a fan. Uh, so I, but I went with him cause you know, he's my, he's my guy. Uh, and I just, I fell in love with rainbow uh, that night, even though they, they went on like an hour late. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just see it. But, so that was the good part of it was, I mean, D and it was all about Dio and cozy pal. Those two, those right. two, I was sold on both of those guys. I wanted to be cozy pal. I, I, I but I was just mystified by Ronnie James deal, but then, uh, Aria Speedwagon comes on. And it was so loud. I mean, it was, and it was annoying. And it was, um, I mean, it wasn't that they were bad. It's just, I couldn't stand it. I was like, I, I, I was trying. And I wanted to leave early, but uh, my buddy had bought these tickets from a reseller and it paid a lot of money for him. And he says, no, we're not leaving. I spent, he, he's, he spent all the money. I didn't pay him for the ticket. So he says, we spent, I spent all this money on this ticket. We're not leaving. So I had to sit there through like what felt like five hours. Of, uh, and Kevin, I, think it's, I think it's just mostly Kevin Cronin's voice. Maybe it's an important <laughs> taste. Um, maybe like 
I don't know, eating a turd sandwich. And, uh, um, but I, guy, uh, I, I still, every time I hear Ario Speedwagon and he starts singing, I'm like, I can't listen to this. I just can't. And I, I got PTSD from that show. Uh, it wasn't that the songs were bad. I think it was just him. So I'm just going to blame Kevin Cronin, his voice, the tone of it. I just can't take it. It was, uh, yeah. And it was so unbelievably loud. I had no earplugs and I actually fell asleep during part of it. And I woke up at this point where they're doing this thing where he pretends he's talking on the phone with a girl, I think. And the girl is the guitar player is playing his guitar, playing the guitar girl's part. And that felt like that went on for 15 minutes. I was like, this is just the, this is the most ridiculous, awful thing I've ever heard in, in my life. So Ario Speedwagon, you know, sorry guys. I know look, they're still doing big business uh, and people still love those, those songs and God bless Kevin Cronin. Uh, but I, I, I won't, I won't ever be there for them. Sorry. You, you can stop that feeling after all. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then again, I've never seen machine gun Kelly. If maybe that would change things, but you, you got to see uh 38, not so special. And they, were, they, were, they actually weren't that bad. They just weren't so special. They were just blah. It was, it was like, I kept the whole night. I kept thinking, why are there two drummers? They're not really doing anything different. Um, I'm like, okay, somebody's got a picture of the singer naked with a goat. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. You know, I, there's got to be some weird reason why there's two drummers in this band because there was no musical reason for it. Well, I would imagine, when, yeah, when they recorded the albums, I mean, there's not two drums on sets on each song on the album. Yeah. It's probably like, I don't know, you play. No, you play. No, you play. I don't but yeah, it was it was just boring. That's all. Those guys they weren't bad. They were just boring. Okay. But Rush was the headliner, and that made that show just awesome. So there you go. There you go, Mike. Your worst show. My worst show, um, far and away, like the one that immediately came to mind when you asked was uh, was Kansas at uh, Best Buy stage in Midtown Manhattan. It was one of the oddest shows I've ever been to band combination wise. Um, I went because King's X was second on the bill and they absolutely you know, scorched it. Like every time I've seen them, they've been amazing. Uh, the opening act was a, a band called That One Guy. I don't know if anybody's heard of this guy, but mm-hmm. I've he seen sings him. and yeah, he, he invented his own instrument. It's like a series huh? of pipes. It's like a pheromone combination Glockenspiel. It's a vacuum cleaner tube. and What the hell it is. Yeah, it is just uh-huh. the most bizarre thing on the planet. So you, you start that, you go to King's X, who kicks ass, and then Kansas comes out on stage. You know, you're on a high from King's X, and everything was great. And, you know, the band was on fire. Doug was sounding incredible. And they came out in this tiny little arena in a basement in Midtown, and they acted like they were playing the U.S. festival in front of 100,000 people. Right. And it just came off as pathetic. It was just sad. And the sound was off and singer sounded like crap and like everything was just bad about it. And uh, I made it three songs and walked out. I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't take it anymore. And I, I never have walked out of a show before. Wow. And that was like the, the one time I'm probably, you know, in my lifetime been to close to a thousand shows, if not more. And it's the only one I've ever left. 
Wow. That's saying something then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 well, the singer definitely had dust, dust on his voice, <laughs> had a dust in the wind there, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> Was that the original singer? What's, why can't I think of his name? Um, yeah, I think it was pretty much the original lineup, other okay. than maybe uh, I, I think the uh, they replaced a, a bass player, or, uh, one of the rhythm guitarists, along the way somewhere. But yeah, there's uh, somebody who died a few years back uh, that was in the band. But yeah, I think it's more or less it's it's along the lines of the original people. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, your worst uh, concert going experience. Yeah, this one was really easy. Um, In 2007, I went to Manchester Apollo to watch the Scorpions. And before you all fall over and say the Scorpions never play a bad gig, you're right, because the Scorpions were fantastic that night, as they always are. But they had a support act on that were absolutely terrible. And uh, before I tell you who was terrible supporting them, I'll tell you who was in the band. It was Yari Tiora on vocals. There was Bodo Schoff, Frank Rumler, and Wayne Finley, they were all fine. They could play. Oh, yeah, I know who they it could is. play. They were playing really well, and they were really pissed off because they had this guy on guitar, who we all know is an absolute hero of ours, who was pissed out of his head and couldn't play. And I'll just read to you. And the guy is obviously Michael Schenker. And I'll just read to you some of the comments that were in an article that I read today about that concert. Erratic solos, largely inaudible, tuneless and messy. And I looked at a friend friend of mine, I was standing next to him and we looked at each other and our mouths were open. We were like, what the hell is going on? It was (laughs) unbelievable. It was very sad, very, very sad um, to see him because I've seen him several times since and he's been absolutely perfect uh, as we all know Schenker is an absolute guitar god but that night he was just absolutely terrible but the worst thing about it was after the show had after his part of the show had finished and the scorpions were on stage he came out he, he popped his head through the back of the curtain and yeah. he was looking he was he said something to Rudolph uh, and he was and he still he was, he was staggering and still looked pissed and they tried to Pushing back behind the curtain, very embarrassing, very embarrassing. So that, that was, was uh, at the time I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the worst gig I've ever seen, and that, that's probably the only bad gig that I've really seen, to be honest. Wow, that's cool. Um, again, another another landmark situation that became infamous, and and you got to witness it. So, mm. oh. <laughs> uh, Anthony, your worst show. Um, well, like, like, uh, I've been to a lot of things and one of the only gigs I've actually walked out on, I'm not sure how relevant it would be to this bunch of people, but it's a American band called Mercury Rev. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if anyone knows them, uh, like they used, they were a kind of a psych band to begin with and they were really interesting. And then they brought out deserters songs and they got huge and they became really annoying. <laughs> and I went to see them and we, we just couldn't handle it, just left. But uh, in terms of, you know, metal gigs, there's a few disappointing ones, but I've got to say Megadeth. Um, 
think it was the second time I saw them. It was in 91. It was Countdown to Extinction, I think, was the tour. Okay. And I remember watching it. It was big, like a huge gig. And, yeah. Uh, I remember it just looked so uh, rehearsed and uh, soulless. Like, you know, mm. Dave would take one step right, do a solo, and he'd, he'd have a spotlight. Ready, you know, it was very, yeah. very professional and very rehearsed, but it was, it was really boring. Uh, so yeah, that's probably the most relevant one. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's interesting though because that's actually been one of my gripes. Uh, Megadeth is one of the bands I've seen the most over the years, and the last few times that I've seen them where Dave comes out in the white button-down shirt and the black pants, thinking the guy looks like a waiter to begin with. And and then it's... The shows have been hit or miss. They've either been great or really boring, where it's like... Mm. It, it, like you're saying, it's yeah. very rehearsed, it's very calculated, and then it, it was, just it feels like there's no slick. Yeah. yeah, and like I'd seen them before on the So Far So Good tour, and it was... It was brilliantly chaotic you know and it was right amazing and i've i've seen them since that as well and they weren't as bad as they were that night but right um i don't know it was just just boring <laughs> yeah yeah um jeremy's saying he saw them twice once great and uh, other so so the time i saw them with my brother they were great that was the first time i saw them too and it was one of these things where yeah they were just coming off of risk which is probably the low point in their catalog. Um, but they went out to prove a point and they went out and played their asses off. And that's probably the, the best show that I've seen with them. And since then, I've seen them a bunch of times. I saw them with Priest and they seem to be like one of these Saxon and Megadeth seem to be like the obligatory band at all the festivals that I've been to where they're just there. Um, and it's, the hit or miss, it's been great, or it's been really boring, where it's like, oh, okay, kind of like nothing, you know. Now that I think of it, that was a Rust in Peace tour, I think. Okay. I saw them again a few years later, and Pantera opened, and I've never felt so sorry for a band, ever, (laughs) to have to follow Pantera. God, they were just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Again, a big, big gig, and uh, I just felt so sorry for Megadeth coming out after that. Yeah, um, Dan is saying we are surprised when we get a good Dave show. <laughs> so, uh, Dan, you're up next. Um, what, in your opinion, uh, is the worst show that you've seen? Well, it's all open to interpretation and opinion, obviously. And I had to think about this one for a while. Because I've been to many Man of War shows, and I think Man of War is always great. Somebody else could go and think they suck, so screw them. So putting a lot of thought into that, <laughs> I wrote down something. And I've seen, I'm a Dweezil Zappa fan. I've okay. seen Zappa play Zappa. I was absolutely bored and walked out after a while. But that's not the one. I'm going to pick Filter opening up for Pantera. Okay. And it was in San Bernardino because they kept filter they sucked to begin with but they kept showing that video for him man nice shot and right. they're doing the visual screen of the guy of the event 
getting shot in the head over right. and over. And I had to turn around and stop watching because I was getting grossed out, probably like looking at a cadaver. Um, that right. just wasn't for me. Yeah. Otherwise, I would give it to Johan with Phil because I saw Phil Anselmo on the OzFest and it was after he split from Pantera. Dime was still alive and we were pissed at Phil and he was effed up and we were flipping him off. He was flipping us off. He hated us. We hated him. So I'll give it to Johan now. That's even better than the filter is the worst. Damn, we were angry. Oh, if I could have walked out. I don't remember who was on afterwards. That was probably somebody great at OzFest. But damn, we were pissed. And yes, we blame Phil for uh, Dime's death. In a way. Bring it over. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Johan is saying that he saw Megadeth on that tour. Pantera was opening and they were fantastic. So uh, there you go. Um, yeah, Filter, a band that I really uh, have enjoyed over the years. I like pretty much every album they've put out until I got stiffed on that last one. So um, uh, there you go. Check this right. out. Uh, Pantera signed. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, the brother is checking out, so hope you have a, a great rest of your night as well. Uh, night art. So uh, there you go. Uh, Steve, worst show. You kind of um, gave us a hint before. I did. I can pick something else, though. I have another one. No, no, no. That's cool. Because I have a list. I took after Brad and I started <laughs> writing stuff down. <laughs> go, go ahead. See? Mention. Uh, you inspired me, Brad. You need a list. See? He's, so, uh, with his Ario Speedwagon reference, you have to say he's your inspiration. Oh, he is. Oh, no, that would be Chicago, isn't it? Oh, that's Chicago. All right. An- yes. Another bit. I would, I would put Miami, though. I'll have to tell the, the penis of terror story uh, another time. So just remember that. <laughs> we'll add that to the list of Brad stories that we will be hearing in the future. Coming attractions. Uh, go ahead, Steve. Sorry. That's okay. Um, so I would no, still no put Ace Freely at the New York Steel. Okay. Um, part of it, I won't lie, was because I forgot that he was on show. Okay. So after, I think it was Anthrax. I think they were third, right? Um, it think, was Sebastian it was Overkill. Sebastian Overkill. Um, Ace, Anthrax, Anthrax, and then Twisted Sister. Now, Ace was second to last. Okay, so then it was Ace after Anthrax. Yeah, so anyway, I forgot about Ace, so Anthrax done. I'm like, all right, time for Twisted Sister. I was very okay. excited. <laughs> and then Ace comes out, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was already <laughs> not happy. <laughs> but then he was just horrible. Like, uh, he just kept screwing around with his amp and it wasn't helping. Right. <laughs> um, just sloppy beyond belief. Um, for me, I just, right. I was like, okay, this, please stop. And like every song and it ended like it was the last song of the, the set, you know, like big, like, all right, we'll like, right. right we'll, we'll finish this year. We're ending. And it was just into a next song. And so it was probably 
45 minutes to an hour of that. And I, I just wanted to see the sister. So, <laughs> so the the rest of the show had been so good that you know this really stuck out as a sore thumb for me. So you know after that, and then Twisted Sister came on, and life was good again. <laughs> Blasphemy, I say no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, um, you didn't enjoy the ten minute melody where he combined. Uh, uh, it was. Um, Ozone, uh, Strange Ways. You did two other. I don't remember right now. But I, again, Ace is the reason why I became a music nerd. It was the first time mm-hmm. seeing Ace. So for me, it was that night. Right. You couldn't I, do any wrong, you know. So it was one well, of those. I, I understand. Yeah, you know, and I, like I said, I've told you that I'm a casual fan at best. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't something like, oh, I mean. It, you know, no disrespect to him, but it wasn't like, oh, Ace Freely's going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, so the whole night was her twisted sister, but I love Overkill, too. And like right. Sebastian Bach, I like uh, Anthrax. So, you know, it was a pretty solid show mm-hmm. overall. You know, and then just that didn't do it for me. And All if right. I can just say it alluded to that one earlier, throw out another... Okay. Horrible concert, and that was Mudding at the Merry Mayhem tour. Okay. And they were they were good awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, not a big fan of them to begin with, like recorded, just not my thing. Right. Um, but that show, it just sounded like it was literally just noise. Like you couldn't discern any any certain instrument. Right. It was just a wall of like static, basically, and so that was up there for horrible concerts too, <laughs> or horrible moments. Because the Steve, Harry Mayhem tour was really cool. Steve making the point to shit on all these bands that I like tonight—that's fine, Ain't no problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you like what you like, and you know it is what it is. Hey, we're we're honestly talking about what we feel was. The worst thing that we've seen. So, have you ever seen them live? On TV, I have. Okay, so, were they good? Um, I've always enjoyed them, so I'm by. Okay, okay. Uh, Fair enough, but their stuff never did it for me. And yeah, live it was just noise. <laughs> totally, totally and, understand. And I was a lot younger then, so it wasn't old man talking. <laughs> oh, wasn't. Get off my lawn, Steve. Okay. That's just noise. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy is saying he saw Ace at Download and he was great. And then Johan is saying first time he played Sweden Rock as well. So I guess he was uh, noisy at Sweden Rock as well. What you're saying, Johan? Or good. Or was he good? No, really good the first time. Okay. See, now I got to see Ace at the Viper Room on my honeymoon. I saw on Twitter that he was playing at the Viper Room and it was $9 per ticket. And I remember my wife coming home and saying, oh, we're going to see Ace Freely on our honeymoon. And she was like, how much did you spend? I'm like, $9 per ticket. All right, we'll see him. And, uh, and it was <laughs> just 200 people in, in the Viper Room. Uh, to the left of us was Slash um, and George Lopez, the comedian. And then Slash came up and played Colgin with him at the end of the night. So it was it was really awesome. Um, but uh, hey, 
everything is open to interpretation. In Ace's, de- in Ace's defense, I have seen him like video footage. I've never seen him live again, mm-hmm. but um, I've seen you know on astronomy he'll put up stuff from tour and yeah, stuff, yeah. and he sounds very good. Yeah. So just that night for me, yeah, was for me. So I get it. That's all. You know. Uh, there are a few things that I would consider that that were in the running. Um, Jeremy mentioned uh, Michael Shanker. Uh, always wanted to see Michael Shanker. He was at a festival, but it was during this period where every tour he had a different lineup, and that tour had Wayne Finley, had um, had Chris Glenn on bass, had Gary Barden back on vocals, and Carmine, a, a piece was. Um, was on the tour before this. I'm like, oh, I finally get to see Carmine live. I've met him in person, but I've never seen him live. But like two days before it was announced that Chris Glenn, who had been playing in ACDC when Anthony saw them, uh, was going to be on on drums. And Chris Glenn is known for for being Chris Slade. Chris Slade. Jesus, I mixed the bass player and drummer up there. I'm sorry. Chris Slade. I'll do that when we're tired. Yeah. And old. yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... He was going to be playing and those first few Shanker albums with Simon Phillips and especially Cozy Pal on drums was what I was listening to before we did the show tonight. And so I have these fills ingrained in my head on how to play them. And then not Chris, a fan of Chris Slade is drumming. Oh my God. I was, it was similar to seeing Kiss with Peter Chris. It was one of these things where I felt my heart shatter as I was listening to these songs because they're songs that I've played since I was a kid. And no, they're being played completely wrong. The fill doesn't go there. Or, you know, that was this, it was that. It was incredible how devastating it was. I had to walk away from Shanker after three songs because... I don't know what Chris Slade was playing and it just ruined the entire experience. But to top that off, Marilyn Manson headlining <laughs> the uh, last Cobetasonic festival that was here in Bilbao, Spain. I've wanted to see Manson for I don't know how many years. Manson's, and he decided that for the encore, he was coming out with a sparkle blue telecaster and no one else from the band was coming out it was him and a telecaster for 20 minutes playing the beautiful and sweet dreams it was the worst thing I've ever witnessed live it was horrible we had to walk away we had to walk away and wait for uh uh, it was Suicidal Tendencies was playing last on the night. And it was just terrible. It was one of these things where you're waiting for a band forever to see them live and you finally see them and they're just absolute shit. The rest of his band was great, you know, throughout the uh, performance, but his vocals sucked and then that just took the cake. So for me, it's Manson was was the worst show I saw because of that. Um. Let's see. Jose mentioned to me that uh, not a bad show, but it was 
Uh, one I went to because someone gave me tickets. It was Brian Adams, 1998 at Riverfront. It wasn't a bad show. I just was not a huge fan. So, I mean, that's understandable if you're going just to check something out. And if it just doesn't make, you know, if it just doesn't speak to you, it doesn't. Um, Gabriel said, Kiss in 2008, just tired of the same old set list and the show after seeing them six times. So, I mean, that's totally understandable as well. Uh, Jeremy is saying Manson played download and was terrible. Apparently I was watching the main stage at the time, missed it. I think it was the same, uh, the same tour because what they, a lot of the download or the, the, uh, artists that played download would end up playing this festival, which was normally just a few days later. Um, so it's quite possible it was on the, the same tour. Um, um, I'm mixing it up with the Soundgarden album, but anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. It's horrible either way. Um, so to wrap things up, the last question that I have is a band that you would have loved to see live when, when they were around or a band that you'd still like to, um, uh, to see live, uh, that are still around that you haven't been able to see, uh, Steve, who, who fits that category for you? Um, for a band that I have not seen and that I can see, mm-hmm. hopefully it would be Weird Al. I've never seen him, and I loved him. Okay. And I would love to see Fury. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be seeing them anytime soon, unfortunately. Okay. And I also haven't seen the Dolly Rots live yet. Okay. So As far as something that I can't see anymore... It would be Ozzy with Randy. Okay. And Metallica with Cliff. All right. Awesome. And, uh, and then I would probably throw in Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix, too. There you go. A solo artist, I guess. That's <laughs> not, not a bad festival, uh, Bill, there. No, that, that would be a, a pretty cool festival to see all of them. <laughs> there you go. Jeremy, how about you? Yeah, the ones that I could see that I've not seen um, is Except and Udo. Um, except I'm actually going to probably see uh, next month, as I mentioned, down south. Uh, so it just be Udo. Um, the ones that I've not seen, which I can't now see, um, I've, not, I've never seen Rush or Triumph. I'd, I'd have liked to have seen them. Um, and uh, obviously Van Halen, I would have liked to see them. And I would have liked to have seen Queen in their prime as well, because I had a friend of mine who actually went to see them in the 80s at Wembley, and they were amazing. Um, Led Zeppelin is another, and just two others, uh, uh, the Beatles, because I was too young, really, to see them. Um, And as I'm a a real blues fan, I've seen all the main blues acts. I've seen Buddy Guy, I've seen B.B. King, John Lee Hooker, Albert Collins, uh, you name it. I've seen them all live. I've never seen Jimi Hendrix play, and I would die to see him play live i mean that'd be amazing unfortunately that's what you're gonna have to do to see him play live at yeah. this point but, uh, <laughs> let's, let's hold off on that um mike is saying stevie ray at red rocks was epic so you got to see him at red rocks i did yes uh, another one now that we're talking about it greatest show ever probably yeah definitely in the running there just yeah the whole mood stevie ray you know 
I mean, what can you say about the guy? He's just a, a master. Yeah. Gone too soon. Absolutely. Uh, Brad is saying, except is really good, as is Udo. So there you go. Uh, Anthony, for you, what would your response be? Well, this is the hardest question of, of, of all the ones so far. I've seen <laughs> I think, almost everyone that I would, you know, kind of want to see at the moment. But I suppose, put in the spot, I would say probably, you know, just have seen Van Halen in their in their prime would be amazing. Mm. I saw I only saw Eddie play once, and that was at a a radio a live radio show thing in Boston, and it was just Eddie and Gary Sharon up oh, on wow. the stage. So that's as close as I got to seeing Van Halen. Yeah. Uh, so. Say them. I would have said Motley Crue, but I, but I, I did see Motley Crue. Uh, and recently, the only band that I really kind of ate to see were Ghost, like because uh, they kept playing everywhere except Ireland. And uh, <laughs> I think I missed them in the, at the peak, which would have been really amazing to see them. But I finally saw them. Um, and they supported Metallica here at a massive outdoor show. Uh, and then I saw them again about six months later at an indoor show. So uh, I think I'm, I'm kind of good, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, I was lucky enough to see them on their first tour, 3 p.m. middle of the day, like yeah, degrees. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They were on the clergy outfits. <laughs> And yeah. it was not hot. It was a hot summer day in Madrid, so it's ridiculous. Um, Mike Jones is saying Van Halen 1984 was great. <laughs> and uh, I bet. Yeah. And Jeremy is saying uh, saw Drummer Roller Coaster, Final Motley Crew Tour, amazing. Uh, final Motley Crew Tour up until now, right? <laughs> so uh, in a few, in a few, uh, in a few weeks, that's changing because they're going back out on tour. You get fat bits. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, one band, I, one band I didn't think I'd ever see, and I just saw them in a really bizarre uh, circumstances. Was a uh, rat. They played oh, wow. uh, the first, the only time they've ever played here when they played in Belfast. And I found out about it on the day of it. So I just uh, drove to Belfast, watched the gig, and drove home again. And they were really good. Oh wow! What what lineup was it? Well, it was Warren. Uh, well, Warren was playing guitar. I can't remember who was on the other guitar, and then everyone else was legit members, you know. Okay, so it was maybe Carlos from Quiet Riot on the other guitar. Could have, could have been, yeah. But it was so good, like. Yeah, like Stephen Piercy, he, he he's a bit of a dick, you know, but he's got great charisma <laughs> on stage, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, I I can I can I can I can attest to that personally. <laughs> I know you can, yeah. <laughs> With four or five calls <laughs> to the bastard, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my favorite Stephen Piercy moment was in San Antonio, Texas, when he got out there. It was his solo band, and he goes, "Hey, El Paso." And I thought they were going to kill him. I was serious. I, I, that was 
Yeah, that was the end of the show for him. Yeah, was well, I, I got um, Josh Todd from Buck Cherry saying, uh, Mexico, do you want to hear Crazy Bitch in Spain? And I was like, <laughs> you flew across the ocean. <laughs> you know, it isn't, it, is, it isn't like you just got in a plane in L.A. and just took a one-hour flight, so... <laughs> That, yeah. That's that's a nine hour flight. <laughs> it's on Stephen Piercy's card. He's a bit of a dick. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so he puts in the, the free lunches. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, how about for you? Band that um, that you haven't seen that's still around. One that you wish you could have been able to see. Gone, but I wish I could have seen and I had the opportunity. I didn't do it was Queen with Freddie Mercury, but at least I did later see Queen with Lambert, and I enjoyed the show in Vegas, so okay. Mark can stick it up his. I, I, I liked it just fine. Um, and the, yeah. he, Mark poops on it, and I like Queen with, with So Was Good Show. And the band is still around that I want to see and I keep talking about is from Sweden, is DAD. I, I've blown it. They've been here. I didn't. I messed up. So I'm after DAD. Do I need to go to Sweden? I just might have to. Denmark. Go Denmark. to Denmark. Yeah. Okay. There you it's go. It's easier. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. It both sounds great to be at. <laughs> Denmark doesn't but, have Johan, though. But, but maybe yeah. he'll have to see DAD at Sweden Rock. I want to see a headline show. I want to see them in their own thing. But yeah, okay. I, Sweden Rock... I've heard the discussion about the festivals. They are a pain in the ass, so I'm going to pass on that. Um, so, no. Okay. Mike, you've, you proclaimed earlier that you've seen over a thousand shows. So yes. Is there even anyone that you haven't <laughs> seen that you'd like to see or anyone that you missed out on? And we're not talking about Bach or Beethoven or stuff like that. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, the original lineup of Led Zeppelin for sure for okay. me, would, would have been the thing to see. I mean, I've seen Plant Solo, I've seen Coverdale Page, so I've seen elements of the band, but never the whole right. band. I, I think that would have just been incredible to see. Um, of the newer bands, uh, I'm just absolutely enthralled with The Quill. I would love to see them play live, see you know how they pull it off. Um, that they've got a great, great sound, and you know, yeah. hopefully they'll they'll come out on tour, maybe release a new album. Who knows? But th those guys, I would definitely love to see. So, were you aware of the Quill before I posted them on Patreon? I was not. No, you turned them on to me, and I've gone out and bought every single one of their albums now. So yeah. uh, they, they 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 hooked me. See, see, so when when I'm here kicking myself out of other people getting uh, more likes or more responses or stuff like that, hearing stuff like that, you know, is why I love to do what I love to do. You know, turning people on to cool bands and having these great discussions like we're having with you guys makes it all worthwhile to me. So, like I've said, this is this is the the record store conversation that you used to have when you're flipping through the albums in the heavy metal section, and you look over at the guy in the uh, obituary shirt and go, "So what are you what are you looking up?" You know. <laughs> awesome! Wow, love it. Um, Brad, for you, 
Uh, was there any band that you miss seeing uh, playing the Troubadour or the Whiskey or anything like that? Uh, yeah, Johnny Winter. Um, I had tickets to see him twice, and one uh, one of the somebody stole. Well, anyway, the long story: somebody stole my ticket, uh, and I couldn't oh, wow. get in. I was at the Swing Auditorium, and um, yeah, Dan, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, that plane is it's like a tuna can. Um, the, uh, the other time was at Anaheim stadium and I got the guy that was driving, got us late to the show right after they stopped playing. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I got screwed twice on seeing Johnny winter, um, band I would like to see. And I plan on, I'll, I'll, I'll come to the UK to see him and that's thunder because I don't think they're ever going to play here. And I just love them. And I think they're like one of the best live bands out there right now from what I've seen. I own, I, I don't know how many Thunder DVDs I've, I own, but I want to be there. I want to have that experience of being there. But also, uh, there's so many Swedish bands I want to see that I'm definitely going to Sweden because I think that's the only place I'm going to see them other than the Monsters of Rock Cruise. It sounds like they've got a Swedish wing on that ship. Um but I got to say, Dan kind of talked me out of going on that cruise. <laughs> I mean, it would probably be great. I, I, part of it, I, who knows? I might still do it just to, just to be able to see all these bands that can't afford to get into the U S because it's so stupid expensive to get here. And yeah. they would, they'd be like playing kind of 20 people because nobody's ever heard of them. Um, yeah. So, so there you go. So I am coming to uh, Johan Sweden, fest next year not this year because i i'm still working next year i definitely won't have a job but i'm gonna have lots of money i'm coming to sweden next year so let me you know let me know when you're buying tickets and i'll buy one from you yeah you're okay. most welcome thank you like jones is saying when i had hair i was mistaken for johnny winter someone asked me for an autograph <laughs> there you go <laughs> i hope you look healthier than he did no, I, I was back in my uh, less robust days. Your hair days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny. Oh, guy, okay, I love Johnny Winter. It kills me that I didn't get to see him. I was mistaken for Billy Corrigan once and for Johnny Depp another time. Although the latter time was somebody was a waitress at a strip bar working for tips. And I, I flat out told her, I said, listen, honey, I know you're working to get a tip out of me. I go, because once these lights go on, the last thing you're going to be thinking of is Johnny Depp. All right. Here's no Johnny Depp. I, I, I think she wanted more than a tip there, Victor. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah worse, worse, That's worse, not yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Although he's not looking too good right now on the news. He's getting reamed, but. Yeah, he'll be okay. He's yeah. got he's got a way of getting out of this kind of stuff, man. Yeah, he's, there's 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 a different set of rules for for people that are not present here uh, speaking tonight that other people get to adhere to. So, uh, yeah. Uh, be- anyway, <laughs> Johan, uh, any band that you haven't seen that's still around that you'd like to see, and any band that um, that you wish you could have seen? Yes. Uh, I would like to see Arch Enemy again. I have seen them, uh, but uh, I really want to see them again. Uh, and the band Thunder. I okay. just f- fell in love with that band this week. 
wow, what a band. Uh, okay, and, so it sounds like yeah. Johan and me are going to meet up with Jeremy in England somewhere and see yeah. uh, th- next. That'll be good. Yeah, and the Swedish band Crazy Licks. That's uh, not yeah, impossible at all. Yeah. And the band that uh, I wish I could have seen is uh, Thin Lizzy, and I would like to have seen them on the Thunder and Lightning tour. Well, with, with John Sykes, there you go. I um, saw that there. Yeah. Mm. I Anthony, were you you able? Anthony, did you get uh, to see Thin Lizzy? I didn't see Thin Lizzy. Uh, they, they, I wasn't allowed to go to that gig on the last tour in Dublin. Mm. My all my brothers went. Well, my older brothers went, but I did see Grand Slam, mm-hmm. which was cool. uh, Phil's band. After that was my second concert with Grand Slam, so I'm delighted to have seen Phil in person. <clears throat> Still, an- another unique thing that only a hand, you know, only a few people can claim to have seen Grand Slam. They never released anything, you know, so you got no. to see, you know, there obviously there are bootlegs floating around on YouTube and whatnot, but it's obviously not the same as a, a well-produced uh, album. Yeah, but, and it was in a, well, it was the main Dublin venue at the time. It was about 1,200 people. So yeah. it was the size of the place. Yeah, that's awesome. That's where everybody everybody played. So a lot of these bands but you got to see them in a small venue, you know, or a relatively small venue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's saying he saw that tour standing right in front of uh, Phil. And Johan is saying that is really great. Love that record and the set list on that tour. Um, for was, me. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm just... Uh, Johan reminds me, reminds me that uh, one band I'm, I'm delighted that I did get to see, and I wouldn't be the biggest fan of, is Rush. And they, their only time they've ever played Dublin was on that. Was it the 40 tour where they played Moving Pictures and 2012? Yeah. Like, perfect gig for me as a, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, a, sort of a, a casual fan, let's say. I know those two albums very well. Right, but the gig gig was so enjoyable. Like for for years afterwards, I'd just be sitting at home going, "I wish I was still at that gig." Because <laughs> it, it was such fun. It sounded great. They were amazing. They had a great vibe. You know, I know. So, Rush, delighted to have seen them. That is awesome. Um... For me, you guys have brought up a lot of great bands, uh, bands that I would have loved to have seen. I mean, I was close to seeing Pantera, didn't get to see them. Uh, Would love to see Van Halen or even David Lee Roth's uh, solo band that had, you know, Steve Vai, Greg Bissonette, and Billy Sheehan on bass, that Eat Em and Smile out. Like the only thing that compares to those early Van Halen albums, if if we're going to be staying within that kind of, you know, family tree. Um, so, so there's that. Um, Ozzy, Ozzy with, uh, with Randy or with Jake would have been something I would have loved. Um, 
Dio with Sabbath. I didn't get to see that. I got to see Dio on his own, um, but I didn't get to see, you know, that. Um, so there's there's a few bands that I haven't seen that I would uh, that I want to see that are still around. They're they're not rocker metal bands because I've gotten to see most of the rocker metal bands that I've I want to see, or I should say, they aren't really uh, metal bands or heavy metal bands. Um, it's Depeche Mode and it's U2 are the, the two bands that I love to see that I've always wanted to see and haven't been able to see them. I had tickets for uh, for Depeche Mode and two days previous, um, someone poisoned our dog and we weren't in the emotional state to go to to see the show. Um, so that's the only time that I've ever, you know, come close to seeing that. And unfortunately, you know, being where I am in Spain, usually you have to travel seven hours to see one of these bands. So it isn't like you can pick up and say, all right, I'll see them, you know, tomorrow because they're, you know, an hour away when the police played an hour away. Yeah. I went to see them when, you know, uh, kiss played an hour away or Dio or stuff like that. I've gotten to see these bands because of that. So. Um, let's see. Uh, Mike Jones is saying deal with Sabbath second row. And I got a guitar pick from geezer, even though he doesn't use a pick. Well, he's still got his, uh, stage props, I guess there to, uh, absolutely tossing them out. Yeah. Um, I guess he could throw out his fingers, but I mean, that wouldn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Iomi. That's, uh, that's uh, too soon. Victor. Uh, he did uh he did on children of the grave well i guess those um oh children of the grave okay no i was gonna say um heaven and hell because all that stuff was written by uh jeff nichols most of it was done with pick i'm not mistaken so um let's see jeremy one of the loudest bands i heard was heaven and hell so there you go. Uh, real quickly, my brother threw out a question if anyone wants to answer this. Uh, he asked, uh, what do we not remember from one of these shows that your friend had to tell you about later? Um, has, has anyone had a moment like that where you, you forget something? Steve, tonight you saying that Ace was messing around with his amps the whole time? I, didn't, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so... It, it it goes to show how different people interpret things. Uh, Mandela effect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have that where they don't remember something or, or some kind of oddity from a show that sticks out to them that maybe uh, didn't, didn't come up. Um, Nothing. Okay. No problem. Sorry. We're all too sober when we go to the shows. No, <laughs> it's, it's late. Johan is, is about yeah. to tap out on us here. Good night, Good night everybody. Good night. I have to uh, be up early tomorrow. So see you, I, Johan. Yeah. See you. Bye bye. Take, right. Take it easy. Um, Brad, you were We're saying weird uh, concert experiences. I saw Anthrax walk off stage after about three songs. Okay. In Dublin. That was a memorable one. And then that mentioned before, but that Smashing Pumpkins gig where the young girl died. I was at that and that, that was a cut short as well. You know, sort of 
memorable events, I suppose. I've, I've seen anthrax with the opposite happen. I drove like two and a half hours to see them. They were playing at, at a gig that usually would take about an hour and something, but there was, it was a Sunday show and there was a lot of traffic because of people going back to, uh, to the city per se. And I get there and this was the reunion tour with uh, Joey and with Dan Spitz. They had a 15 minute intro video and song. They did a 45 minute headline show. And the next day I was absolutely, I was pissed because I drove so far to get there. You know, I wanted the first time I was going to see Joey and I mentioned it on their forum. And then Scott Ian responded to me and he was like, dude, you know, we were, you know, our sound guy got sick and we were pissed and there was no AC at the show. And I said, the whole fucking show, you're looking at Charlie, like, are we done yet type of a deal? You know, it sucked. And I said, you know, it sucks that people pay hard earned money. Yeah. Okay. We all have bad days. I get it. But you're playing this show in almost the middle of nowhere where, you know, everyone drove to get there. And that's your response. But the, um, the silver lining to this, and I told this story to Blitz from Overkill, because when I saw Overkill, they played at a, uh, at a festival here. Well, it was the, the, um, it was their own festival, but anyway, he was the only one who didn't attempt to speak in Spanish that night. And he said, well, the reason I don't do that is because my mother-in-law is Dutch. And I once tried to speak Dutch to her and said something completely wrong. Instead of saying strawberries, I said, ass is what he told me. (laughs) I said, okay, well, you'll appreciate this because when Scott Ian came out, he had this whole spiel where he was trying to prove that he couldn't speak Spanish. But at the end of the statement was um, uh, was uh, my Spanish is bad, but my metal is very strong. Well, one of the things that he said was uh, me gusta. He said, me gusta polla. OK, um, in English or in everywhere else, pollo with an O at the end is chicken in Spanish. But in Spain, if you add an A, if it's polla instead of pollo, um, it means penis. So uh, <laughs> on stage and nothing wrong if that's what his inclinations are. But I don't think that's what he meant to say on stage. So I told Blitz from Overkill this. And he was laughing hysterically for I don't know how many minutes. And he kept telling everyone who kept coming back, the road crew, members of the band. He's like, you got to hear this. So I kept telling the story to the different people that came out. So there you go. So again, that's my probably biggest anomaly like that, where there was something wacky like that, where you said anthrax walked off. Love the band. One of my top five favorite bands, but there've been several incidents where it's one of these things where you say, why do I continue to be a, a fan? So. <laughs> well, in fairness, they were getting spatter constantly. Oh, wow. And they, they just different. said, we're off. Yeah. It was a state of euphoria tour. 
Okay. Yeah, so, that's. Uh, but uh, they were great up until that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there were. Um... Tough gig. Yeah. Yeah, they were in the middle of their, uh, you know, of of their uh, full of energy. So, oh, Jeremy just went on us. So, uh, anyway, we're gonna wrap this up. I know for Anthony, it is extremely late as well. Um, us people on this side of of the world, <laughs> it is well over. Uh, it is it is two fifteen in the morning for me. One fifteen for Anthony. So. Um, on that note, I thank all of you guys for being here. Anyone who's uh, watching the replay or listening to the replay of this, thank you. Thank you, all of my patrons, for your continued support. I appreciate it. These are always great chats. And uh, we'll have another one next month. We just have to figure out what band we're going to be discussing. So we'll be voting on that within Patreon. If you enjoyed this and want to be a patron, two bucks a month gets you in. So. There you go. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here, for watching, listening, so on and so forth. And on that note, uh, we will see you. What, what are you flashing there? Two bucks? Are you, two bucks, man. That's two dollars. I'm, I'm willing to sponsor somebody who wants to join it. Oh, geez, I can't afford two dollars. I'll sponsor you, you, okay? There you go. In any event... See you next time. Thank you for Thanks, being here. Thanks all you guys. And we'll see you next time right here on Signals from Mars live stream. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 